Welcome to the Pack is Back podcast, brought to you by the Seawolf for Life Foundation, Synergy Capital Solutions, and Proudmouth. In this podcast, we will provide regular updates on what is happening, what's to come, and how alumni players continue to support community, connections, and contributions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack is Back podcast. I'm your host, David Vallier, and uh, very excited today. As always, want to get hockey updates from Coach Matt Shasby. Uh, so we've got Coach on. Thanks for joining the show. Great to be back. Um, and also, uh, another friend and, and teammate of mine, gentleman I always call Sylvie, but Eric Silverman. We'll chat with Eric. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks. Excited to be on. So listen, um, I know I've said this on previous podcasts, but for the first few uh, episodes, I want to kind of run through maybe an intro of why we're doing the podcast. Uh, and really the point of this podcast is to get out hockey updates, get out alumni updates, but also to bring our fraternity back together. If if you're somebody that wants to be on the podcast, you're an alumni, whether you're my age group, before me, after, we want to hear from you. We want to have these conversations. It just helps bring everybody together. We're all in different parts of the globe. And you know that that's a part of of what we're doing here so we have other updates as well like the mentorship program we're working on you know we've got some events coming out throughout the year and and i'll kind of give you at the end of the podcast a location where you can find some of that information if you're interested but with that let me uh bring on coach shasby and, and coach i know last time uh we talked a little bit about you know, the, the team's experience at Air Force Academy and then uh, Arizona State University. Fill us in. What's happened since then? Absolutely. So, you know, when I was originally recruiting this group that we have, the 26 that we have, is the big selling point was the kind of life experiences that you're going to have playing in Alaska, one. And then the road trips that we're going to participate in are going to be unique in themselves. Uh, this 16-day road trip we just wrapped up, um, getting to stay on campus at Arizona State and experience uh, that was was incredible. But then in between that, on on Sunday, uh, we jumped on a bus and we took the bus to the Grand Canyon, and uh, that's something that I had never experienced before. I'd never stood on the edge of a 4,000-foot cliff and just seen the the wonder and the masks that the Grand Canyon is, and uh our our guys got to go experience something that you know just adds to their life experience that they can then one day say you know yeah my freshman year we went to the Grand canyon it was an incredible uh, sight to be seen um and so that was that was great that we, we were able to to pull that off for our guys i think we maybe had two guys on our team that had seen it before um so that was a great experience and then we we bust up to vegas and we participated in two kind of exhibition games, one uh, against UNLV. Uh, they actually rented the new Dollar Loan Center, which is where the Henderson uh, Silver Knights play the American League team for the for Vegas. Uh, and that's a brand new building. It's been open less than a year. It holds about, I think, 9,000 people. Uh, and they had a great crowd. Like The whole point of playing those guys and, and going to Vegas to play them is to show their administration and to show people around their program that division one hockey should be something they're thinking about and is something that 
uh, hopefully after this past weekend, again, we brought them up earlier in the year and then we stopped in there, this pit stop to play them is I really feel there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of, there's a good vibe going on around that university and around that hockey program. Uh, if, if I was going to pick any school west of the Mississippi to be the next school, I, I think they're going to be it. Um, I think there's some nice financial backing in that town to maybe hopefully get them over the, over the hump. But, uh, at the end of the day, it'll be a decision that their school makes for all the right reasons. And Vegas is the, the, the number one hockey growth in the United States right now, year over year, growing at rates of, you know, two, three hundred percent every year. So if you're going to put a hockey team anywhere, I think UNLV would be the spot to do it. But it's a great game Friday night, or actually Wednesday night. Um, we were, again, they, they play us tough. They're just a scrappy group. They got some big bodies and. Uh, we ended up beating them 3-1, uh, which, again, it was nice to get back in the win column after playing four tough games against Air Force and Arizona State. And then the following night, uh, we headed to Summerlin, uh, and we played in the uh, the Vegas practice rink, UNLV's typical home rink. And we beat Liberty, who's uh, a very strong ACHA Division One club team as well. They have a very uh, kind of storied program. Uh, out there in Virginia, and we beat them nine to one. It was kind of the first game where uh, our freshmen were actually making plays, <laughs> which uh, was great to see. And I think the whole purpose of scheduling these exhibition games against non-NCAA teams is one, our team needs to taste victory, and two is to get our our freshmen because we have such a large freshman class, being eleven guys is. They need to play with the puck on their stick and make some plays because I think that's going to carry on uh, later on in the season, especially the Fairbanks series here coming up in two weeks. And so I was really happy with uh, some steps that were made that game. Liberty actually went on to sweep UNLV on Friday and Saturday night. So uh, those are kind of the top two. I think Liberty or UNLV was ranked number one, and Liberty, I think, was ranked four in ACHA hockey. So it was a good matchup between those two teams. But Again, our team getting getting two wins under our belt to hopefully get us going here. We come home, coming up here to play Simon Fraser, and then we have our big four games set against Fairbanks before Christmas. So uh, I think our team's in a good spot and uh, was happy that the, the road trip overall was – I feel like it was a success. Our guys got to experience Vegas unofficially, uh, had some pretty late curfews a couple nights, and uh, hopefully the team had some fun and, and bonded and, what happens in Vegas? <laughs> we'll we'll stay there. So, absolutely uh, stays it, in Vegas. It served it. it served, I think it absolutely served its purpose for giving our guys a unique experience away from hockey, and then also just getting to experience Air Force, Arizona State, and uh, some some quality games there in, in Vegas. So, good stuff. Good stuff. I'm I'm as you're saying that I'm reflective of my time in Vegas. I, uh, you know, I played in the old. International Hockey League, a little bit in the American League, but they had uh, a, an IHL team in Vegas. So we were there five or six times a year. And as, as you guys know, you know, when you, you play at that level, they give you, when you go on the road, they give you a bunch of per diem money and then they pay for everything. So here's a bunch of, you know, 20 somethings with a pocket full of cash and everything's covered. So, you know, you do the math on that. But I, I was not, a, I've never been a gambler. Maybe it's something that, you know, I need to learn to take more risk in life. I'm not sure that's for, you know, 
therapy, I guess, but <laughs> I was not a gambler. So what would happen is we would all go in with, you know, a pile of cash in our wallets and I would leave every time, never, uh, never fail in this. Every time we would leave Vegas, I had the second most amount of money and it was like everybody else took their cash and gave it to one guy who had the most money because <laughs> I was the only one that didn't gamble. I didn't lose anything. I didn't win anything either, but um, it was always an interesting experience in Vegas. Um, the other thing that stood out for me there, Coach, is the ACHA. I've had some personal experience with that. Uh, I coached the Florida Gulf Coast University down here in, uh, in Estero, Florida. And um, when I first jumped on the ice, I was shocked at how good these guys actually were. Um, I was anticipating club hockey to be, you know, something that it's really not. There's, there's a lot of really high quality players there. Um, you know, we were fortunate to have some success there at FGCU in 2012, but, uh, and, and I guess beyond that, but really, really good hockey, far better than I anticipated. Yeah. And I think that that, that league is getting a lot more attention. And then like when we were playing Vegas, they had two guys in on, re on visits, like they had guys coming in from junior hockey yeah. Uh, yeah. that they're recruiting that, you know, they played Denver earlier in the year and they played us three times. And, you know, they, they are, it's a quality hockey game. Even like them to us, you know, isn't that big of a difference. And then, you know, if you look at us being a you know, 60th ranked team in, in division one hockey to uh, a 20th or 15th ranked team, like, there's there's not a, a massive gap. Like I was I was very very impressed with ACHA teams, and you know we don't have any on our schedule for next year. But if if years coming up, you know an opportunity to maybe bring a team up to Alaska, we wouldn't hesitate to do it again. It's it's good good quality hockey. I think it's just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. So the other thing that you said that I'm actually going to parlay this to Eric here in just a second, but just the growth in Vegas. And uh, Sylvie is in Dallas, um, an area of huge growth. We're going to talk about that in just a second, Sylvie. But it's really interesting when an NHL team goes in and brings that exposure, how much the youth organizations start to grow. Um, so I, I, I really appreciate what you said there about the growth of hockey in Vegas. I'm sure that's you know exponential. The final thing on that trip was the was the alumni event that took place there. Um, yeah, please fill us in on that. So that was that was great. You know, we had Maisie was there, Donnie was there, Gasperlin. There's there's a couple more that I'm just drawing a blank, but they they repurchased. I think the university purchased a suite at that UNLV game Wednesday night, and they were all up there. We had some great pictures online. Uh, the Seawall Fifth Line posted those, uh, and it was just great to see guys from all different generations come. Maisie and Donnie came down below after the game and had a great talk with, with them and really appreciated them showing up. And um, so it was, it was great just, you know, it's going to be piece by piece and, and guy by guy getting this, this brotherhood back together. But, it, you know, it was, it was great to see those guys there supporting the program and uh, hopefully we can develop and grow uh, the next event on the road. And I think shooting for next year in Arizona state, uh, in November, I think is going to be the next, hopefully, big gathering of the alumni on the road. I think that's a, a wise move, um, but yeah, I I look for. I'm actually going to interview um, Donnie on the next next podcast, so um, we'll chat with him next week and and get filled in on on that. But I appreciate the heads up and the reminder. Um, 
of the turnout. So with that, let me let me f retrain our focus. Sylvie, let's come back to you, man. We had a ton of fun playing together. Um, but what do you fill us in? What have you been doing since UAA? What are you doing now? Fill us in. Yeah. So um, obviously after UAA, I continued to play for, for a few years, played in the minor leagues. Um, <clears throat> and it's kind of funny. I, I, I got my start in coaching through somebody at UAA. Um, our old assistant coach, Frank Breddy at the time was the head coach of Iona College, which was in the league. Atlantic hockey with like army and, and Mercyhurst and all yeah. those teams. And it was 30 minutes from where I grew up. So um, it's actually funny. I was playing in the East coast league and her owner came in and I was battling some injuries and he, he told us he was going to fold the team at the end of the year. And it was going to be low budget from here on out. And I was just like, I don't know that I can do this anymore. So I called <laughs> Frank and said, Hey, I'm considering hanging up and coming home. Like, is there any opportunities out there? And he's like, I'm actually looking for a guy. You want to come join my staff? I said, okay. And so I went and joined his staff. That's how I got my start in coaching. And then ironically, at the end of the season, the program had title nine issues and folded. So that was out. It happened kind of late. It was late to get another job. Um, I knew a guy through um, that did player development for NHL teams and youth teams and the whole deal. And he hired me and said, go live anywhere you want, but make sure it's central because I'm going to be flying you all over the place. And I had been to Dallas a few times. I liked it. It was nice weather. It was the middle of the country. I had some friends here. So I just came down and thought I'd be there a year. And here I am 19 years later, still here. And I'm still involved in hockey. I'm hockey full time here and, and you know, very happy down here. So it's, it's been great. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit. I want to know in his family, tell us a little bit about family life and then, uh, and then we'll transition. I want to talk to you a little bit more about hockey and what you're doing. Yeah, I, I um, married a girl from down here. Ironically, she was working for the Dallas Morning News and doing an article on like youth hockey development type thing and interviewed me. And that's how we met. And here we are. I think we've been together 16 years married and have a 13-year-old daughter. So family life's good down here. And... Yeah, it's it's a it's like it's a really growing area. Hockey here is surprisingly good. I think it's been a little hidden secret, but uh, the last few years, I think the secret's over because it's starting to get a lot more recognition. The hockey programs down here, so it's been great. Yeah, tell us about your daughter real quick. I do want to talk hockey, but I want to yeah. talk family first. So tell us about your daughter. Yeah, she's uh, she's you know a great young lady. It's it's crazy how quickly you know they hit puberty and she's used to be a little kid but now she's a little woman but she's big into like acting theater broadway all that kind of stuff is it's her passion and and she's done really well with it and you know it's something we support it's funny being in in youth sports has kind of given me a different perspective because i see all the parents in her world getting all crazy with from agents to auditions to this to that and I'm used to being on the other side of it. So I think it's provided me, I tell my wife, just you stay out of it. Let the, the, the coaches and whatever do their jobs. And um, it's been good though. She loves it. She's passionate about it. You know, I want to help her chase her dreams, just like my parents let me chase mine. And, and she's doing really great with it. So it's been, it's been fun to go watch her perform. That's awesome. I can totally relate to that. I've, as you and I've talked offline, I've got five kids and, and two of them are are in theater and acting, and 
um, our oldest daughter and then our 16 year old son, which is a, you know, as from a sports background, I'm like, come on, man, you're like six two, two hundred 200 pounds. If we could just get you skating again, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That's his jam. Like they like that. It's so quite it's cool. a scene. Like I didn't really know much about it, but, um, it's big, like it's a big deal. Yeah. And it is a big deal. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, and it's funny with me being from New York, she keeps asking, like, can we go back to New York? So I'm near Broadway. And I'm like, <laughs> you can go. Like, yeah. I like it where it's warm. <laughs> I'm staying here. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Let's talk hockey. You're, you're, tell us what you're involved in there. And then I'd love to hear about, you know, you've been there 19 years. You've, you have to have seen this massive growth. So talk to us about all that. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So, um, when I first got down here, it was shortly after the Stars had won the Cup. And so hockey was blowing up, but there was really no rhyme or reason. It was a chaotic mess, to be quite honest with you. There's a lot of players, but the, the structure in the community was awful. And I actually got talked into getting involved. They didn't really want to get involved in youth hockey. And I, I started with a program called the Dallas Junior Hockey Association or the Dallas Penguins. It was a double-A program. And we, we slowly morphed it to do some AAA also. But there was like, it was just a really messy hockey town. And I'd got to know some people at the Stars and was having a conversation with their president one day. And we were talking about what a mess it was here in town. And I just kind of hit him up with an idea of how we make it better. And he loved it. And so I, I actually founded the Dallas Stars Elite Hockey Club, which now we're, that was in 2009. Um, and now it's, it's right at the top of one of the premier programs in the country. I think something came out a couple of weeks ago, but that my hockey rated us, I want to say the fourth best youth hockey association in the United States from a success rate, which for Dallas, you'd never think of that. Um, it's been really cool. We've had, I think 10 NHL draft picks. We have guys like Seth Jones, who's an alumni, Blake Coleman, who's an alumni who are doing real successful in the national hockey league. And, and we've got a couple that are, right on the cusp we have a few guys lighting it up in the american league the national team um and and coming up there's just i think we're going to have an explosion in an nhl draft here coming up pretty soon with a couple of these birth years so it's really cool to see it's been really fun to get to know some kids at nine ten years old and watch them grow and and now get to watch them on tv so um and, and the nhl team here has been unbelievably supportive um unbelievable to work with and and has provided us with tremendous resources and we've got a great group of coaches as well that um are all full-time hockey guys so like our whole staff's full-time hockey which is very cool that's very cool pretty incredible actually yeah so and you've had some you've had some affiliation if you will i don't i don't fully know how to state it but with the ntdp talk to us about that yeah so when i first got into coaching um I had a couple really good players and got to know the guys at the national team. And then they found out my hockey background. This is back in probably 2006. And they asked me if I wanted to join their staff. And I said, sure. So yeah. they made me in charge of the Western half of the United States. So, um, and I've been, I've been doing it ever since, which has been, you know, like I remember seeing Austin Matthews for the first time at 14 years old with this job. And watching him and, and all the guys who've come up in the West. So yeah, I'm their Western regional manager and it's, it's been good to keep me tied into the, the real world of hockey, so to speak. 
Ironically, the director of player personnel there is also a UAA alum. So we, we talk UAA a lot, he and I. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, we're going to get him on as well. Yeah. It's been good. It's fun to, you know, cool. the players that have come through there since I've been there has, has been pretty fun to see the success from Jack Eichel to, you know, Trevor Zegris to Seth Jones and Austin Matthews and, you know, a, a lot more really high level guys. So yeah. yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible program. Yeah. And, um, what a, what a unique opportunity. That's very cool. Yeah. All right. Any funny stories you want to share? No, I, I think there, there's days. something that I, I, I kind of, I, I like to tell people um, about my, how I got to Anchorage. I think it's something that I've even tried to tell. I actually got a phone call this morning from a former player of mine that's considering going playing Anchorage in the North American league. And he asked me about Anchorage and I, and I tell the story all the time, but when I was playing the USHL, I was having a pretty good season and had several schools, you know, interested in, Alaska Anchorage, my coach kept telling me Alaska Anchorage kept calling me and I kept telling him, yeah, no chance. Like tell him to beat it. And <laughs> he, he calls me in the office one day. He's like, the UAA guy just keeps calling. He's like, have you ever been to Alaska? I said, no. He said, let me, he's like, it's unreal up there. He's like, just, you get five visits, just take one to Alaska because everyone should see Alaska once in their lifetime. He's like, just do it. Trust me. I said, okay. So literally when I got on the plane, I would say there was like a 1% chance I was going to want to go to UAA. And I just thought when I got up there, it was something I've never seen before. I thought that the, the town, the nature, the hockey program at the time, it was a top five in, in attendance and all that other stuff. And I was just blown away by it. And I think, you know, I have such great memories of, of my time there. And I remember when I came back home, people thought I was insane for for going to alaska but really it was it was an incredible place and, and so that's 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 a story i always like to tell because the first question i get is what how does a new york guy end up in alaska right and, right and that's how it happened but i told the kid this morning say i'm like i loved it there i'm like i would go do it if i were you so yeah yeah it's a special place yeah. it's a special place it really is. So my, my wife always says, you know, I like the Alaska version of Dave best. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like whenever you're in Alaska, that's my favorite version of you. I, you know, I like the other versions, but that's my favorite version. Yeah, I, I feel so like I saw you. something every day that like blew me away when yeah. I was up there. From yeah, it just amazes you. A moose being in, in my backyard to the Northern Lights to Gravity Hill to just, it was just yeah. always something. I was like, this place is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it's a special place for sure. Hey, uh, we were chatting offline, and you actually mentioned some a name I haven't heard in a long time with Frank Breddy. But what is he up to now? Do you have any idea? I think he's working in his family business, and just I think he coaches youth hockey out in New York. I know when I own a folded, okay. I think he became a D one assistant again, and, um, and then just ended up going back and. Um, I have, I, I ran into him maybe four or five years ago, but, okay. um, I think he's just coaching out there and, and, um, you know, doing the old family business, but I haven't seen him in, or talked to him in a few years for sure. Oh my gosh. I love that guy's energy. It was a, you know, what? he was a great guy and, and I'm super appreciative and he treated me unbelievable. Um, yeah. you know, and obviously gave me an opportunity. So I'm certainly forever grateful for, to him. Yeah. Absolutely. Any other alumni you've run into recently? 
I ran in a Todd Bell at the rink on Saturday. Um, Dallas Stewart lives in Dallas. I saw him. Um, trying to think. Just heard from Eric Tuat a couple days ago. I love Tui. Yeah, he's actually coming Tui, down. Tui's a special guy. Yeah. So he's coming down to <laughs> Dallas in January. So we were okay. talking about connecting, and then I'm trying still talk to Keith Bland. Um, oh, and just was Blander. Where's he? He's a police officer in New Jersey. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I got to reconnect with him. Yeah, yeah, and just other guys. I'm I'm sure if I if I really thought about it, I still talk to Tommy Kowal. TK. Yeah. He is just an original. He actually worked out here with me in Dallas. When I first took over, he was kind of sick of the junior grind, and I ended up convincing him to move down here. And he lived down here probably a good six, seven years and coached with us. I love it. Um, Yeah, but I I mean – the other day? What's that? I ran ran into Peter Chitka. He was right before – was he? I think he was before me. Was he? I think he was just after both of us. Maybe after. Oh, I see Clage all the time also. Do you? Yeah. Clage Cable? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He lives in Tulsa, so he's down in Dallas a lot. I see him a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure there's more. Just being around, you know, my team, I coach our 16s, and we we fly 10 times a year. And so I'm in different ranks all over the country, and I always run into random UAA guys. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah. But – well, send them send them this way, and I want to I want to pull you into the podcast and get you to help. Yeah, you know, moderate some of these conversations, get you to host with me. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, anytime I'm available, I'm certainly happy to hop on and 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 help in, in any way I can. So it's it's good to see you know the the alums getting back together, the program restarted, and you know I think we've all always talked about what a great program this could be if if everything you know could come together and you know the hopefully in this new era of seawolf hockey they could they could reach you know what we all know they can be yeah absolutely absolutely well thanks for joining us today um we'll have you back on for listeners please check out our website seawolfhockeyalumni.com um updates on the mentorship program we're going to have eventually the podcast will live there um, but you can also um, get access to the podcast at in any. It'll be syndicating here in the next thirty days, so you can pick it up at any podcasting um, application that you use on your phone. Please subscribe, share, let the boys know, um, or let fans know. I mean, the, I, I think a lot of fans that watch this play. I was back in Alaska this summer and ran into some people that they probably haven't heard the name David Valier in fifteen twenty years and. It was great to just catch up with them and have a chat and about their experience when they saw me play or or other guys. If you do want to reach out to us directly, um, you want to get involved, you have questions, comments, um, feel free to reach us at info, I-N-F-O, at SeawolfHockeyAlumni.com. I believe Derek Donald will be running that email as of uh, next week, so uh, you'll be able to connect with us through that. And uh, we'll continue to give hockey updates and alumni updates here. And we look forward to having you join us for the next conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pack is Back podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, 
we encourage you to follow the show and share it with your friends and family.